Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and thanks for joining our Relief from Darkness podcast crew, where we are continuing our conversations, exploring how we can truly be set free from the stuck places in our lives. And we are talking anything ranging from anxiety to depression, nightmares, eating disorders, and seriously everything in between. Because here at No Boundaries, we really do believe that the thought processes that have us in these stuck places can be healed. And as our thought processes heal and change, our brains change. And if you can change your brain, then you can change your life. So here we are today with Dr. Lori. Hi, guys. Our very own brain geek. Yep. And we are in the CPR portion of this podcast series. So just as a little bit of a recap, um, if you've been listening to all of these, we talk about CPR in every episode. So We've gone through C, meaning connection. We've talked about connection with God, connection with self, and connection with others. And then we've gone to P, which is psychoeducation, where we have discussed um, brain basics and then your amalama ding dong. Amygdala. Your amygdala. And then we talked about top-down anxiety. And then we talked about bottom-up anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the last one was our reticular activating so system, fun. also known as our RAS. So that was Dr. Lori's favorite section. Yes. And now we're going to get into the R portion of this series called routine. Mm -hmm. So to kick us off with routine, we are going to start with self-care. So Dr. Lori. Yes. What is self-care? Molly, if I had to describe this section or this portion, I would call this the suck it up buttercup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so the for rubber routine, meets the road. This is it. And so either you want to or you don't. So I'm thinking about this cartoon and this doctor walks into a patient and the patient's lying in the bed on oxygen and the doctor says to the patient, you have a disease caused by lifestyle. And the patient said, should I change my lifestyle? And the doctor said, not at all. Here's a pill, mm. but not in our suck it up buttercup self-care under routine. Actually, it's going to take a lot of hard work. Yeah. If you want to change your brain, you will obviously change your life. But the majority of the people, they don't really want to do the work. They just want to be the big, hot, dysfunctional messes or the big, hot, dysfunctional messes in denial. And so we all have these uphill aspirations, but we have downhill habits. And so today is not going to be the the really fun and exciting things to talk about from the standpoint of it's really going to take a lot of hard work. But the good news with this is, is if we do the hard work, then we'll have the payoff. Mm -hmm. And so if I decide today that I want to run a marathon, that right now I cannot run a marathon and I can't run a half a marathon. But if I do today what I can, and if I put a schedule into place that I will increase what I can do today, tomorrow, then eventually I will be able to safely do the goals that I have in mind. And that's what this is going to actually look like. I think about it and I looked up, I love sports and sports analogies. And, and uh, I asked a little boy lately what he wanted to be when he grew up. And he said, I want to be a football player. And so I was curious about the football player statistics that lots and lots of kids want to be a football player. But in 2021, there is a little over a million high school football players in the United States. And then 6.5% of those played in college. 
but only 1.6% of the college-level players got drafted into professional football. And so what are the things that really matter that we do or don't do every single day? What are the self-care parts of our routine that actually make a difference? And I like to call them suds. And it's not just the suds in the bathtub when you're taking a bubble bath. It's suds stands for seemingly unimportant decisions. And I've talked about over and over again that what you spend one hour a day on for the next five years, you will become an expert in. And so what's that picture of what you want to become? And what are the difficulties that you're having? And what are the seemingly unimportant decisions that you put into your everyday self-care routine, the R word, that will either make or break where you're going to end up? Because everybody ends up somewhere, but not everybody ends up somewhere on purpose. Hmm. So let's just start right out of the gate with S word, Molly. Ugh. Is it schedule? Schedule. It is? Yes. How I important. Knew it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right off the bat. We're going for the big one. Yeah. So what about schedule? Yeah. Schedule is, schedules are hard. And I think this one for me uh, was probably one of the hardest I've ever had to walk out. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know uh, all, like my story, just in summary... I was diagnosed with about a thousand, that's my, (laughs) that's my take on it, about a thousand different mental health diagnoses. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just, they really thought it was crazy. So whether that was uh, like mania or maybe she's schizophrenic or PTSD or just all of these things. And essentially I was told that I would never be able to function again in society as like a normal productive member of society. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you know, I went through, I got to know boundaries and started like walking out this whole CPR process, right? And we got to routine and we got to schedule. Mm -hmm. And this was where, how you said, this is when the rubber meets the road. This is when you're either going to do it or you're not because now routine takes action. Yes. And at some point when I was here, Um, I had to, I really, for my own brain health, had to implement a schedule down to the hour Mm -hmm. and combine that with, in our last podcast, talking about that we had to tell our brain what it was going to think about. And now I had to tell my body what it was going to do. And I grew up very much just uh, on my own schedule. You know, I never really had a job that I had to be at or maybe I did and didn't. But I just didn't have a lot of structure and schedule around my life. And when that happens, it just kind of fed into the the mental health diagnoses that I had. And I think a lot of times um, in, in culture and in society, we can start to get really, really comfortable in our sin and in our trauma. Mm-hmm. And then we don't like the results of that, but we're not willing to make any changes. Yeah, that's really good. And that again, that's where the rubber meets the road. And so... I can't just go stand in a gym and expect to just be in shape. And just because I go stand in a garage, it doesn't make me a car. And so (laughs) I'm really going to have to do the work. And so it's just ridiculous to say 
that we're thinking about it and then we're not really doing it. And so not from a point of shame or condemnation, but I mean, you are not what you eat, but you are what you actually implement into your routine. Mm -hmm. And so today I'm just going to run through some stuff really quickly. And we're just going to talk about the standard and then either you will or you won't. And I think it really just comes down to that. And in, in talking about the schedule, I wonder the, the people that we would write books about and the people that are doing incredible things, we all have the same amount of time in a given day. And so what differentiates somebody who's going to be a rock star, game changer, world changer, highly productive, and leave an imprint in this life as opposed to someone who won't? And I think a schedule is really important that we all, if you break it down, have X amount of free time in a given week or a, a given month. And so the question is, what are we doing with the free time? And again, if I spend one hour a day on a particular thing for five years, I'm going to be an expert. And so I know that I already have pre-planned things that when I have free time and I have curiosity time that I'm going to do, and it's either about the brain or about leadership or about discipleship. And so even today I listened to something I had 45 minutes. And so on double speed, I listened to a podcast that would fall under the discipleship category to edify and to advance those areas of my life. And so I would encourage everybody to take a look at your time budget. And it might not be a bad idea to write down everything that you're doing in a week and just see, so where's your time going? And are you really being productive? And again, we all have high aspirations, but do we have downhill habits in the middle of that? And so really important. So let me just start and we'll run through just some real basic things that I want to just do a really quick checkup to make sure everybody's everybody's doing. We've already talked about stress and worry, that 92% of the things that we worry about will never come to pass. And if I worry about tomorrow, today, I don't have the grace to get through tomorrow, today. I'm supposed to be in the here and the now, fully alive, fully available, fully present with Christ. And if I worry about tomorrow, today, I will elicit the same chemicals in my body as if that bad thing that I'm worried about tomorrow is happening today. And the 8% of the things that actually happen won't be as bad because I have grace to get through it in the present. I don't have grace to get through it before it happens. And so we've well covered stress and worry. Let's go on to the next one and let's talk about sleep. Sleep hygiene is critical. If you do not have seven, eight, nine hours of sleep, then you can actually become psychotic from lack of sleep. And it's actually when we sleep, our brain doesn't turn off. Our brain is fully active. It's actually when we sleep that our body releases all of those extra neurotoxins, all of the, the trash, so to speak, in our brain is taken out. All of the chemicals that are released, we're processing the world. And I see a lot of times people have a really difficult time going to sleep or having nightmares or not having good sleep hygiene. And it actually affects so many things. Anything you would add about sleep? Yes, it is so important, you guys. As far as sleep goes, man, um, so one of my main things is when I was in that big thing of mental health diagnoses and I was diagnosed with mania and 
hypermania. I don't know what it's called when you're just really, really, really up or like high energy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm already a pretty high energy person. So I would go up into extra high energy. And then what happens is, is then I lose all sense of any kind of impulse control. It just goes right out the window. And it normally a good indication that I'm going into a manic episode or I'm going into mania is when I'm not sleeping. So I've put in little things in my routine that I just kind of make little benchmark checks in my brain. So if I know that um, I had a hard time sleeping or I only slept three to four hours one night and the next day I go and I'm super up and I can run five miles and I think I can run five miles twice in one day or I think that I can just do all of these things, it sends an alarm in me that says, hold on, like slow down and should you be able to have this much energy? And should you really be able to do the things that you're doing? And that indicates in me that I might be going into or into a manic whatever. And so what I've done is in because I know that sleep is so important just in my own brain and knowing myself that I have to implement good sleep hygiene. So you guys, I set a bedtime alarm. I don't think I've ever set a bedtime alarm in my life. And I stick to it. And I mean, I'm sitting here today on zero medications and hosting a mental health podcast, meaning that like Jesus can do anything and he can heal anything, but I get to do my part in my routine. And in my part, I know that I get to guard my sleep and really implement these self-care things um, to make sure that I'm functioning in the fullness of who I'm created to be. So now if I have to get up really early then I know that I need between eight and nine hours of sleep. And so in my bedtime alarm, it actually says start winding down an hour and a half before I have to be in bed. Wow. And when I do that, then I'm off my phone. It goes on to do not disturb. And then I'm trying not to watch a whole bunch of like super high action, high, you know, action packed movies that's going to get me re-revved up. And since then, I mean, impulse control is great. We've been fine and all is well. That's so good. And I think sometimes it's easier for us to know what we're saying no to if we know what we're saying yes to. Yeah. And so for Molly, for her to be highly productive and to be functional and to be healthy and to be safe, she's got to do that. In fact, we had some guests from out of town, some missionaries that were staying with us and we were all down, uh, we were all down at one of our missionary housing uh places and we were right in the middle of something and Molly's alarm did go off and she did start winding down and she did go to bed even with other activity going on because sleep hygiene is just critical. And I'd like to just make just a real quick note. If you're having continuous bad dreams, there might be something that's going on. Yeah. And so bad dreams, nightmares, those things are a sign of trauma. And so we've already talked about top down bottom-up anxiety with trauma. We'll talk a little bit in the next session about reframing, but that might be a warning light or an indicator, something's up. And there might be something that you need to process through, and that may be an indication just that it's time to bring it up, that Jesus is bringing it up, and it's time to work through. So we just can't say enough about sleep hygiene. She talked about then the alarm on her on her watch that says, now it's time to start winding down. I would challenge everybody no blue light for an hour before bed and no blue light 
for an hour after waking up. And so what's the last thing that you're consciously thinking about when you go to sleep? And what's the first thing that you're consciously thinking about when you're waking up? And so with our reticular activating system in the last class, we talked about how important it is for us to order our brain to find Jesus. And so I just want to encourage everyone that the blue light, the last thing is going to be really, really critical. And we don't really need to have a lot of blue light right before and be revved up right before we go to sleep. Dr. Lori, can you clarify what blue light is? So I would think about screen time. So television, all all screen time. So blue light off a good hour before and an hour uh, after you're waking up. And then caffeine. I think with caffeine and with nutrition, what we eat, we actually need to partner with the Holy Spirit with what our body needs. And some people need more protein. Some people feel better if they eat this. Some people have food allergies. But particularly with caffeine, I am so hyper. I do not drink coffee and I do not drink Mountain Dew. I love a good Diet Mountain Dew, to do the do. I love one of the (laughs) taglines is do the do so you can do stupid things faster. But I don't need to do stupid things faster. I need to slow down and not do stupid things. Mm -hmm. And so with caffeine, relatable. a lot of times if people are having trouble sleeping, they're recommending that you're not having any caffeine after noon. And so everybody, again, just needs to partner with the Holy Spirit about what their body needs with food and processed sugar and caffeine and vegetables and all of those things. And I think that's something that's, again, these seemingly unimportant decisions are really, really important. And then after we talk about nutrition, the natural next progression would be, what about exercise? They say that if you exercise 30 minutes a day, it is the equivalency to what it's doing for your body and the chemicals that your body are releasing to a mild antidepressant. And so I think everybody needs to be moving. We're sedentary. We need to exercise for stress, for mental health, for all of those things. And in fact, this is one area that if I start getting really wound up, I have a real tendency for high activity, lots of energy like Molly does, One of the first things my husband says to me, if I'm getting a little bit cray cray, then he comes over and asks me if I'm exercising. And so these are critical, critical things. And then as we continue to progress through this, then what about our environment? Who are we around? If we were going to predict where we'd be in the next year and then five years, we would look at who we're around, what we're spending our time doing and what we're spending our resources on. And so again, all of this is self-care. What about our activities of daily living? Are we accountable? Are we known? Do people know us? What about our expectations? Do we have goals? Are we thankful? Have we ordered our brain to be thankful? Do we know how to regulate ourselves and how to manage when we get stressed or, or when we're starting to get out there? Are we body aware? Do we have prayer and scripture and relationship. And Molly, this one might be a really good one for you to talk about, but do we have those things that are incorporated into our life, not to just check off a box, but to actually have a real relationship with him? Yeah. And this one is, this is my favorite. Um, As far as a routine goes, if I was going to pick anything that's going to be number one, it's going to be this one. I mean, the Bible, the Bible says to love God and to love others. And to love God in that experiential way means to, to know Him. 
And the only way that we really get to know him is by spending time with him and by being intimate with Jesus. And that that's how we get to know who he is and what he what he's about. And really it's in that order of knowing God that then we can do anything else. So this all really goes back to the very first thing that we talked about in connection with in connection mm-hmm. when we talked about connection with God. And implementing this into your daily routine, it is so it is critical. It is critical as a believer. It is critical in who you're designed to be. It's critical in how you interact with others. This is the number one thing that if we were going to reiterate anything, I mean, all the other um all of the other routines will flow out of knowing him because suddenly you will want after you're knowing him and loving him, you will want to implement things that make you like him and make you reflect who you're really called to be. So connection with God, you guys, what I've, what I've started doing is probably one of my most favorite, favorite routines. So first off, you got to get in the word because nothing, I mean, you don't, if you're, if you don't know the word, you can't accurately hear the heart of God and accurately hear his character. So before you can practice listening and talking to him outside of that, you got to know, you got to know who he is on his terms and see him rightly. So you get in the word and you read scripture. And for a long time, um, when I first kind of came to know Christ and was really like hungry for the Bible, like once you start getting that hunger, it just, you just want it even more. And I went through this phase where I would read it, read scripture sentence by sentence. And I'd say, I'd read one sentence and say, Jesus, is there anything you want to tell me in this sentence? And then I'd pause. And then if it was, nope, like keep going, then I'd keep going. And then at some point, then you're reading it to understand him and get his heart, not just reading it for the sake of reading it. Anyone can read anything just for the sake of knowledge Mm -hmm. or for the sake of checking the box. And then at night, you guys, I mean, I, I do this and I sit up in my bed and I imagine Jesus and I'm holding his hands and I sit knee to knee, hand to hand, eye to eye, and I talk to him. And it's cool because uh, whenever you start like praying like this, you get to hear the heart, like what's on his heart. So I say, Jesus, what do you want to talk about? And then whatever he highlights, then I can only answer in two ways. I can either say, tell me more, or I understand. So once he starts on something, and then I'm like, okay, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. And then once I think that I'm getting his heart in it, I say, okay, I understand. But I want to, that's just in my own personal time that I just love it. Because that's whenever you learn how to pray what's on his heart and how to partner with him in things. But but it's really, really critical that you read and understand Scripture first and foremost. So this connection with God, I mean, that changes everything about your routine. That's so good. And then as we're going through this again, back to the thankfulness, is as we start to focus on ourselves, it gets a little gross, just navel-gazing all the time. And so I think there's something about also having a project outside of ourselves so that as we're growing in him and he's pouring into us, then we're called to bring his kingdom 
on earth as it is in heaven and to advance the gospel of the kingdom. And we need to partner with the Holy Spirit to eat the right things and to exercise appropriately and to get enough sleep. And then we've been blessed to be a blessing. So Mm -hmm. I think all of us need something that we could focus on or something that we could do that will actually impact someone else besides just us. And these are the self-care activities that actually, again, where the rubber meets the road, where the seemingly unimportant decisions will actually make or break where I end up in the future with what I've been called to do. And it really, really does matter. I love there's a saying that says, live today for what is going to matter 10 billion years from today. And it really matters if we exercise. It really matters if we're getting sleep. It really matters if we have a, a heart knowledge. And I love the knee-to-knee, eye-to-eye, face, face-to-face with Jesus. It really, really does matter. And so I'll, I'll meet with people all the time, and they'll say, well, I'm depressed, and I just don't really want to do anything, and I'm I'm kind of out of shape now, and and it's just terrible. And and I say, well, you know, if you exercise, it's like a mild antidepressant and they don't want to exercise. And so I think, again, where do you start? You have to start by adjusting your routine. Yeah. And as you start and adjust your routine, then everything else will start to fall in order. And it's a beautiful process. Yeah. So just to kind of summarize, here's what I'm hearing. So if you're in this place where you've like listened to these podcasts and you've, you've listened to connection and you've listened to the psychoeducation and now you're listening to the routine, I really feel like this is the invitation. This is the one that says, will you do it? Will you put the things in place that you've learned to really change your brain? Mm-hmm. And this, this is that. And for the person who, who's comfortable in their sin and their trauma, but they're still under the depression and the anxiety, I'm asking you specifically to accept this invitation. That this is at some point what we all get to do. And it really will work. And to just give it a try before you dismiss it or think that you've tried everything, to really say yes to this. Because it will, it will help when you start implementing the things in your routine. And just to say, you guys, it doesn't always feel great. So it, it's, it's hard work and it's dedication, but it is so, so, so worth it. I know from firsthand experience that when you start like, this is really it, you guys. That when you start to put the things into routine, then suddenly the things that you thought were going to dictate the rest of your life don't have to dictate the rest of your life anymore. And when you start to implement routine, you really do start to, to build neuropathways. And as you rebuild in new neuropathways, then your brain starts to change. And if you change your brain, you change your life. So thank you guys for listening. I would encourage you all to listen to this one again and in each one. Maybe make a checklist of how you can, of which routine things that the Holy Spirit is inviting you to implement and then try it for the 63 days and then for the rest of your life after that. So until next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, 
please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.